Time for the Friday edition of Hancock and Kelly. You two belong together. John Hancock, Michael Kelly. Sponsored by Insperity. HR that makes a difference. On News Radio 1120, KMOX. Happy Friday, St. Louis. It's March 17th, 2023. It's St. Patrick's Day and the top of the morning to you, old lad, Mr. Hancock. Good morning. Hey, you, uh, you walking in here, you got all this green on. That's good for you. That's right. You uh, got green on. I do. Something must have been clean. It was clean. And, uh, <laughs> but it's cold out there. It's going to get down into the 20s tonight. Yeah. You didn't wear a coat. What's no, the matter with you? Because I got to put all my Irish clothes on. I don't have any Irish green stuff to wear on St. Patrick's well, Day. Well, you need a coat on. You're going to get pneumonia. Well, don't you remember the, uh, what was that, the fair, uh, the the groundhog? He saw his, uh, did he see a shadow? What what They said that we were going to get, the groundhog said we were going to get more winter. He did. So what's that mean? Did he see a shadow or he didn't see no, a shadow? No, it's, a, you know, Punxsutawney uh, Phil out there. That's right. Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. He uh, came out of the hole there. Uh-huh. Uh, I looked around, and he said... Uh, More winter. Yeah, is that what he said? Yeah, but, I mean, we've had some lovely days here the last week or so, and it uh, looks like winter is making its reprise. That's unfortunate because lots of my family and fellow countrymen will find themselves uh, in Dogtown today for the St. Patrick's Day Parade. You and I are not going to be able to participate in St. Patrick's Day because we're working all day. Yeah, we're here at the Voice of St. Louis, but that's all right. It's a fine place to be. Exactly. Well, we've got a fun day uh, scheduled here. Uh, an old name from the past, a KMOX uh, alum, if you will, yeah. a legend, Jack Carney. We're going to spend a little time on Jack Carney today, aren't we? Yeah, Ron Barber, who was the news sidekick uh, for Jack in the last four or five years of his uh Stay here at the at St. Louis. Ron Barber is going to join us. He's been away from the station for almost 40 years, but he's working on a really exciting project, uh, saving the material of Jack Carney, some of the brilliant things that Jack produced here at KMOX for almost 15 years while he was really the linchpin of the morning show from 9 to noon and uh, just a, a tremendous talent, a, a guy that I grew up listening to and uh, – really considered to be one of the all-time greats. Yeah, and unfortunately, I don't have many memories of Jack Carney. Most of my memories of Jack Carney come from my family talking about Jack Carney. uh, Do you remember what Jack Carney used to say or Miss Blue and all that kind of stuff? So... Uh, and then obviously I know about his his passing and and what he meant to this community. So I'm excited to to hear a little bit of Jack Carney. And by the way, Mm. not only are we going to get to spend time with Jack Carney, a radio legend of KMOX... And at 10 o'clock hour, we're going to spend some time with another legend of KMOX, Charles Brennan. Charlie Brennan, he's in today for Chris Ranji. He's going to be joining Amy from 10 o'clock until 1 o'clock, I think. And then uh, we'll be with him from 10 to 11. That should be a lot of fun. And yesterday, you and I got to spend a little bit of time. We went and visited with the Rotary uh, Club of St. Louis down at the Missouri Athletic Club yesterday. Yeah. Spent a little time doing our dog and pony show. Had a really good time with that group. One of the longest and oldest Rotary Clubs in the United States. Yeah, it's a great club. And the uh, good turnout of Rotarians there, and they, they, were, they were our people. Yeah, you know, I had not been to the MAC in a long time. We were in their, I, I think, their main ballroom. What a beautiful old place. Oh, that's uh, a great just facility. Fabulous windows and a yeah. lot of the ornate decoration of wood. Uh, et cetera, throughout the place. Uh, you know, I uh, know Tom Ackerman's a member there. I'd love to be a member just to be able to look around that nice old place. Yeah, and they've got the f- facility out west, too. And so if you join the MAC, uh, you have access to both of those clubs. And 
I know a lot of people like to go to the downtown MAC before ball games uh, and after ball games, and it's a uh, it's a popular spot. And I'm not a member myself, but I've friends that are, and they'll take they'll take us over there before the ball game. It's a great place. Yeah, and speaking of the ball game, is one of my favorite uh, times of the year of spring training is St. Patrick's Day because all of the uh, Cardinals will be decked in their Cardinal uh, green hats, their St. Patrick's Day hats. Yes. Wish we were in Jupiter to be able to see that, but uh, I think most teams have now adopted uh, wearing a green hat on St. Patrick's Day. So it's kind of a fun thing that happens during spring training. Well, St. Patrick's Day is a fun day, and I tell you, I'm excited about this ball club, Michael. They, uh, they've had a pretty good spring, and a lot of the players are hitting very well. Jordan Walker is everything uh, that he was promised to be, and it looks like he may be our opening day right fielder. And uh, that's going to be it's going to create some interesting dynamics in that outfield because you've got four guys uh, talking about Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson, Lars Newtbar, who's killing it in the World Baseball Classic right now, uh, and Jordan Walker, the four guys that would start from just about any team in baseball. All the news and all that matters to you. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Ah, yes, the lads from London telling us it's a beautiful day. Why is that? Because it's St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you. You're listening to the Hancock and Kelly Show on the greatest radio station in the world, KMOX. And, John, this is our time when we usually tackle politics. So let's hop right into it. it. Lots happening in our world. Uh, Did you see this uh, fighter jet from Russia that came up on one of the American drones over the Red Sea? Very very provocative. Very provocative. Provocative. Yeah, and uh, wound up hitting it. Uh, it's caused a huge uh, uh, quagmire between both Russians and Americans as we uh, look at this declassified uh, video footage coming out. So clearly the American State Department and military coming out and saying that the Russians are not being good actors here. Um, well, they're, they're committing war crimes on a daily basis over in Ukraine. And that was a very aggressive act against the United States. And you know, th- this conflict over there in Ukraine, as much as we may wish it didn't affect us, it does. Well, there's no doubt about it. And uh, it's going to be interesting to watch over the next year and a half. And unfortunately, this war is going to drag on that long, I'm afraid. Seemingly, yeah. Um, that uh, we're going to watch uh, members of the United States and specifically members of the Republican Party debate whether or not we even ought to be involved in helping Ukraine. You stated your uh, case earlier. You think that uh, this isolationism, Ben, that's kind of coming outside of the inside the Republican Party is not healthy. I, I don't think it is, you know, but there is a fundamental disagreement within the party uh, between those who believe that America's vital interests really aren't served by engagement abroad and that uh, unless it affects America's vital interest, uh, and they would cite the, the immigration problem at the border, for example, as something that, that we need to address, uh, but they would have us not be involved in places like Ukraine, Europe, or, or in Asia, uh, or in the Middle East even so much. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a school of thought that's been around for a very long time within the Republican Party. You go back to the 1950s, it was a, a huge debate between Bob Taft and Dwight Eisenhower uh, having to do with whether why we were in Korea. And, of course, the Vietnam conflict uh, also divided a lot of people, and a lot of people felt at that time that that war was not something that was in the U.S.'s interest. 
Uh, Ukraine's a little different because we're not over there fighting like we were in Korea and Vietnam. We're supplying arms and equipment to the Ukrainians who are defending their country that's been invaded by a foreign foe. And that's that's what's happened here. Pete, do you think Ronald Reagan would recognize the Republican Party today in its foreign policy approach? No. Uh, you know, Reagan believed that the world was fundamentally a safer place and a better place when the United States yeah, took a preeminent leadership position in it. Uh, the United States has freed more people and fed more people than any country in the history of the world. And that's because we have been engaged and involved. And look, if we're not supplying the Ukrainians the arms they need, and if we sit back and allow Vladimir Putin, who is an authoritarian dictator, to just walk through a land and take over a country, uh, you know, history will tell us, you know, Hitler didn't stop after Poland. And, you know, Vladimir Putin, if he, if he can walk in uh, uncontested and just take Ukraine, he's not going to stop. He's going to go probably next to Moldova, to the south, because they are not a NATO member. And at some point, does he take on a NATO country? And here we've got this Article 4 provision that, you know, if, if one of the members attacked, we're all in. Well, now you're talking about World War III. So I think it's fundamentally a mistake for the United States to walk away from supporting Ukraine. This situation may get compounded next week as President Xi, the communist president, I don't know if you call him a president, he seems to be a dictator to me, uh, is going to go to Russia to visit with Vladimir Putin. Uh, in some instances, people would think that he may be shoring up some type of support behind Vladimir Putin. Something to keep an eye on, to be certain, and... China has not yet supplied military armaments to Russia. Iran has, uh, which, you know, if you think about the axis of evil in the world today, it's really those three countries. It's China, Russia, and Iran. And, and, and so their Iranian drones are there, and they're blowing up civilian buildings, apartments, hospitals, schools. And, you know, as I say, every day there's a new war yeah. crime being committed over there. So the well, Chinese involvement is something to definitely keep an eye on. The old cliche, a Florida man. Well, there's two Florida men that are running for president of the United States. One's the former president, uh, Donald Trump. The other one is Ron DeSantis, the current governor of Florida. Ron DeSantis has been taking on the culture war, but recently has kind of stepped into uh, the same side that uh, many on in Donald Trump's camp has uh, felt that, look, we ought not be involved in Ukraine. Looks like this is going to be a pillar that he and the former president aren't going to disagree on in this upcoming campaign. You know, I think this is fascinating. Uh, I think DeSantis is wrong about his position on Ukraine. But regardless, I, I think it's really interesting because there was a place where if he wanted to draw a policy distinction with Donald Trump, that's probably the easiest, simplest place to do it. And he didn't. And you know, they, if you if you believe, as I do, that there's a MAGA wing of Republicans and a traditional conservative wing of Republicans, uh, the fact that DeSantis has chosen to go and, and occupy the same ideological base that Donald Trump has tells me, because DeSantis is nothing if not a smart guy, it tells me that uh, he believes that's where the votes are. The yeah. votes are with MAGA. They're not with traditional conservatives. And the two of them fighting over that one block of votes is going to really be an interesting thing to watch play out. Could somebody come up the middle? That's the question. All of that is happening in the backdrop of, of the current president, Joe Biden, supposed to have announced to run for president by now, continues to punt it. John, I've told you all along, I don't think he's going to run for reelection. 
but we are getting to a place where he's got to make a decision one way or the other. And he's got to he's got to figure out the Kamala Harris problem that he has because if Joe Biden does run, it's the, essentially voting for two people. Yeah, you, because inevitably the the vice president is likely to be the president yeah, in the, within that four year window. Yes, yeah. and and Harris is not popular. She's even less popular than Biden, who's not popular. So, but how does a Democrat make a change in a ticket? You've got a woman of color as the first woman of color right. vice president. Troubles. He, he's in a difficult little pickle there, but he's going to have to do something because I think she will be a drag on that ticket. And while we've been talking about international politics and how that's playing in the presidential campaign, there's something that's happening in New York and in Georgia right now where there's potential indictments that may be coming out against uh, former President Donald Trump while he's a candidate for president of the United States. Uh, Both New York and Georgia wanting to hold him accountable for various things, Stormy Daniels in New York and in Georgia, the election conspiracy stuff and the influence he was trying to put on the governor and the Speaker of the House. Uh, A lot of people think, John, that if Donald Trump was to get indicted, that could, in fact, be a shot of adrenaline into this campaign. What happened to the Republicans wanting to be the party of law and order? Yeah, well, uh, you know what? I think it would be helpful for Donald Trump politically uh, because he's at his best uh, when he is angry and lashing out. And, uh, man, I mean, he'll be angry and lashing out, and he'll whip uh, a lot of uh, most of his supporters into a frenzy over this uh, getting indicted. So I think while it's going to be a legal problem for him to deal with, and they'll try and delay it as much as they can, uh, politically, I think it probably uh, helps him. And then the third person in this mix, uh, of course, there's other candidates, but the other one of prominence would be Vice President Pence, who's been making his case lately, taking on Donald Trump directly. That's what's interesting to me here is that I don't think that Ron DeSantis can out Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Um, and that's where I wonder where he's going with this woke uh, stuff and now you know getting on board with the same Russian stuff. Uh, Mike Pence seems to be that counterbalance, and I don't know that he has much more support inside of the traditional Republican caucus. Is there going to be a voice that's going to be a more sensible, common-sense Republican that's going to stand by conservative principles? Uh, It remains to be seen. Um, You know, the the field is far from complete. Mike Pompeo is rumored to be looking at it. He could potentially play that kind of a role. Um, and he's got good, strong Trump credentials. He stayed the entire eight year or four years of Donald Trump's presidency, and uh, you know never at, one, at any point fell out of favor with Trump. I do think, though, that whoever gets into this race is going to have to take Donald Trump on directly, because the only way that you're going to convince folks that that Donald Trump can't win in November of 2024, which is my belief, I don't. That's why I'm not a particularly jumping up and down over. I don't think he can win. Uh, But they're going to have to take him on, and they're going to have to make that case, and they're going to have to make it convincingly. And uh, otherwise, Donald Trump's going to be the Republican nominee. So we are familiar with the fact that Ukraine will be an issue in the upcoming presidential election. We know that the culture wars will continue to be a, a, a part of that. One of the things that I think, you know, James Carvel, the mastermind behind Bill Clinton, always said it's the economy, stupid. And the economy seems to be the other big fighting area for the Republicans. And boy, it got a lot sexier in terms of issues to discuss as it relates to all these bank failures, John. Here we go yet again, what from feels like to me, living through 2008, 
And at the end of the day, we're going to watch, from my perspective, billionaires getting taken care of and regular people taking it in the shorts. Well, I mean, the depositors are going to be made whole here. And the investors in these banks are going to get nothing. So at least at least in the case we have now, uh, it you know. But to your point, I don't think this is over. And I, I think, you know, inside that industry – there's going to be some real dislocation, and I well, would would not be shocked if more banks didn't fail within the next days or weeks. And what we've been watching at a breakneck speed right now is the Fed has been raising rates. Why are they doing that? They're trying to slow down the economy. Ultimately, the only tool they really have is to raise unemployment. And I know that sounds counterintuitive. But that's what they're trying to do. Now them raising the rates is what's causing this liquidity issue. Right. So now we're going to see the Fed meet again next Wednesday, of, uh, you know, and whether or not they were going to jump another 25, 50 points uh, is, is to be decided. Some people think now they may roll it back so we could continue to be dealing with inflation, mm. but stop the liquidity mess that we're dealing with with these banks. Boy, are we in a mess. It's a really tricky situation. And... You know, inflation, I guess, has come down a, a titch, but it's still, you know, far too high. And we're still feeling it, every one of us. And that's that's one issue, inflation, that you can't mislead people about because they get to live it every day. Yeah, and, it's happening throughout the world. Right. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be a real factor in this upcoming presidential election. And as as you say, I think these banks it may emerge as an even bigger deal than they already are at this point. Yeah, let's pray that we get through the week without any more banks failing. But they told us last week that they had it contained, and we continue to see these things fall. It's now pushing into Europe. If it continues to cascade in Europe, it could continue to apply pressure in the United States. This is going to be a lot of what's discussed over the next couple of years as we select a new president or reelect the current one. And you can keep it tuned to Hancock and Kelly. We'll talk about it every week right here. A big show coming up uh, today. We're going to talk a little St. Patrick's Day. Are you going down to the parade? If so, 4367900. And Ron Barber, a longtime KMOX newsman, is going to join us and talk about the amazing legacy of Jack Carney. All that and more coming your way right here on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Time for the Friday edition of Hancock and Kelly. You two belong together. John Hancock, Michael Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR, the makes a difference on News Radio 1120 KMOX. Sunday Bloody Sunday by U2, the Irish Rockers there. John, we're going to hear a lot of U2 today, buddy. Yeah, that's your favorite band. It is St. Patrick's Day. Now, what what are we actually? I'm not Irish. It's the feast day of St. Patrick. Okay, and he um, was a big deal. Yeah, he was uh, from Ireland, and uh, well, you know, there's all these legends. What was his he last name? This. I don't think he went by a last name. I think he was like Oprah or Beyonce. He just went by St. Patrick. Huh? That's well, a good question. He had to have a last though. name. I mean, you got to be Patrick so and so. Maybe some of our listeners know what St. Patrick's last name was. Three one four four three six seven nine hundred. A lot of you may be making your way when down. When was he? Uh, when was he out and about doing his thing? Well, he would have been after Christ, but uh, before you and I, uh, that would be <laughs> uh, somewhere big, in there. Pretty yeah, big window, exactly. There, um, but a lot of you may be driving down to Dogtown for the parade. It's a lovely time. You know, it's hard for me to uh, be here with you today because I'd like to be in Dogtown with celebrating all your with my people. All your people down there. If you're going to St. Patrick's Day celebration in Dogtown, and for that matter, anywhere, I hope you uh, raise yourself a glass of Guinness or Irish whiskey and enjoy yourself. But the, in today's world, there's really no reason 
to be driving yourself. Uh, there no. are no. all these apps. Uh, there's taxi cabs. There's so many places. Many bars are offering free rides home. Go enjoy yourself. I got in the Uber the other day. Yeah, just did the you? other day. I had to go get my car from the shop. So uh, really, I, I called up the old Uber and he picked me right up. He's a good, uh, faithful listener to the show. Tell Is me. he? Did yeah. he recognize you? Uh, after a bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was on an airplane to uh, Dallas on uh, Tuesday and I was recognized by someone who said to me, "She goes." I really like you guys, uh, Hancock and Kelly. Now, which one are you? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's my favorite thing when I get confused with you, brother. Well, that's a good person to be confused. You're not with. Irish, are you? I'm not Irish, but uh, and I'd never really done much for St. Patrick's Day. Uh, although my father-in-law made dinner for us last now, he night. He would be a Greek man. He's correct? Greek, but he made Irish stew. Is that right? And it was quite good, yeah. The Irish are horrible at food. <laughs> I was, I've been to Irish, uh, Ireland yeah. twice. And yeah. let me just tell you, the, the people are not going there for the food. Why? It, what do they eat it, over it, there? Lots of boiled stuff. Oh. Everything's boiled. That's it, not really cooked. The meat's really chewy and hard. Huh. Uh, but uh, it all goes down a little bit easier because, you know, you're partaking in the Guinness. I guess that's why you drink so much, because the food's bad. Yeah, well, and it's, uh, boy, I, if you put it on your bucket list, man, going to Ireland, forget yeah. about being Irish. It is, there is nothing like Ireland and, you know, the old uh, tale about you've never seen so many shades of green. It could not be truer. My biggest impression of going to Ireland twice is the amount of sheep. The entire country is covered with sheep. Huh. You wouldn't realize it. But everywhere you go, there's sheep, there sheep, sheep, there's sheep, lot sheep, of, lot of sheep, everywhere. There's more sheep in Ireland than there are people. They are full of sheep over there yeah. in Ireland. Can you believe that? That's incredible. I guess that is that their number one industry, or is it booze? It has to, well, it has to be tourism, I would think. Yeah. And then behind that would be some type of, um, you know, maybe sheep farming. Or what do you do with sheep? You wool them, right? Well, you, you do. You, 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 you eat them, too, don't you? Don't you eat sheep? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, you're the one who likes lamb chops. Same difference, right? Yeah, yeah. Lamb, so, good I, lamb I mean, chop. It's hard to beat. Yeah, you yeah. like you like lamb. Oh man, I yeah. I could eat it if people didn't tell me what it is. But there's something about the description of a, you know, oh well, we're having lamb tonight. Then I'm like, well, I'm not eating that. But if you'd have said to me, hey, we're gonna get you some chops, Kel, I'd been like, okay, I'm. Do in. you like gyros? I do like gyros. Well, that's lamb. I usually get them with beef or chicken. Oh come on, Kelly, that's not a gyro. Why is it not a gyro? Well, it's not a. It's a. It's, a, it's meat and a beef and a. Pocket. I mean, no. So, being a non-Irish kid, when you went to school as a youngster, my mom used to dress us up. We well, we went to Catholic school, so we had uniforms, but we'd always wear a button. Man, you really say, are Irish. Yeah, I would say, "Kiss me, I'm Irish," or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, did, but obviously, everybody celebrates St. Patrick's Day. Do you remember showing up in green when you were a youngster? Yeah, I mean, I you know, my kind of. Uh, it's never been a big part of my life, St. Patrick. Really, poor guy. I would like to know what his last name is, though. Yeah. That's going to drive me crazy. I guess I could probably Google it. Well, either that or we could ask the listeners at 314-436-7900. Nobody seems to know. Nobody knows. Well, it is the one day a year we all get to be Irish. Um, It's interesting. The Prime Minister of Ireland, uh, I think they call him the Taoiseach. He is uh, here in Ireland meeting with uh, President Biden. They always seem to be in America. On St. Patrick's Day. Why do they not want to celebrate St. Patrick's Day in Ireland? Well, we always have an Irish politician here in St. Louis for the uh, St. Patrick's Day parade, which took place downtown last weekend. Right. Um, and Joe McGlynn, who's been running that thing for 50 years. Well, he uh, looks like an Irishman. He too, is an he? Irishman, yeah. Well, of course. Joe McGlynn, he's a great guy. He is a good guy. Hey, listen, guess what I'm doing this weekend? What? Saturday, I'm going to my first St. Louis City soccer club uh, game. 
Ah, yeah, St. Louis City <clears throat> SC. They are three and zero on the season. Yeah. James O'Sullivan over here is sporting his uh, very nifty-looking St. Louis City uh, pullover there. I guess that's what you call it. Yeah. So it, I've never been to a professional soccer game. Have you? I've been to uh, what I think they call them friendlies. The United States has played a couple of games that I've been to. I went to uh, one of the female, one of the girls' uh, United States soccer games, but I've never been to an MLS game. I'm looking forward to it, although I did hear in the weather that it's going to be awfully chilly, so I'm going to have to be... Bundled up big time, brother. Well, yeah, it's going to be cold, but they, they say everybody's standing up all the time there. Hey, we got lots of people who want to talk to us. Have we now? Yeah. Let's, uh, well, let's, uh, I don't know who they are, though. They, wait, wait, what do you mean you don't know well, who they I are? Well, I don't have, I don't Just know. Pull them up and say, hey, happy St. Patrick's Day. Who is this? <laughs> James is. Uh, who we got, James? Who we have, James? Carol. Carol, you're on X. You have some answers for our questions. St. Patrick was born. I don't know how to say it. It's M A E W Y N. S U C C O T. That don't sound Irish. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Well, he wasn't actually born in Ireland. Where was he, he born? Was, well, I don't remember. It was over. I think it was like, in Cleveland. No, think, no, 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 no. It's over. Um, in Great Britain, Britain somewhere, or yeah, Britain sure. or France or someplace like that. And, and when, uh, but he, but when he, was... Was, he was captured by pirates, and that's how he ended up over in Ireland. How the about pirates that? took him to Ireland? Huh. huh? You know the pirates don't win anything anymore. It's, uh, they can't win their division. <laughs> yeah. So so we so it's Patrick Maywin Surat Sukat Sukat. What year yeah. was what year was he born, uh, Carol? Oh gosh, I don't remember. I oh. googled it and. Oh, wow. um, so, but it was, it, you just made me so curious. I just had to look it up. Well, I appreciate well, you, you doing call. that. You're now an official member of the research department here at the Voice of St. Louis, and we appreciate you very much. <laughs> give that lady a cigar. No, but, give her a Guinness. <laughs> happy St. Patrick's Day, Carol. Well, Carol's gone. And, uh, well, happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you. We're going to step revisit. Aside. Yeah, we're going to step aside. We're going to talk about a legend of KMOX in St. Louis. Those of you of a certain vintage will know well of whom we speak, the great Jack Carney. We're going to have a guest on who worked alongside the great Jack Carney. That's right around the corner here on KMOX. Now, back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference. On News Radio 1120, KMOX. Well, if you're a longtime listener of KMOX, uh, and who isn't, uh, you know the name Jack Carney. Maybe you were fortunate enough to hear him on the radio. If you weren't, like me, you're going to get to hear a little bit of him now. Yeah, Jack Carney, a legendary broadcaster here uh, at KMOX. Uh, 51, 52 years ago, he came here. He was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Tremendous talent and a funny, funny guy. His show was Must Listen Radio, who's a great entertainer, and he knew everybody and uh, had so many wonderful people on. Sitting alongside of Jack for his final four or five years was Ron Barber. He was uh, the newsman here at KMOX and got to have a front row seat with Jack Carney uh, for those shows. And Ron joins us now. Ron, welcome home. Hey, thank you so much, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here. I want to get something straight, though, before we go on. Which one of you is a Republican and which is a Democrat? Hancock's the Republican. Kelly's the Democrat. Just kidding. (laughs) 
<laughs> so there you have it. Uh, now, what was it like working alongside Jack Carney? The guy was a genius. Well, I, I like to liken Jack to a shooting star, if you will. He was a meteor. Um, you know, John, he could have been Haley's Comet in human form, a once-in-a-hundred-year phenomenon. He was ultimately so popular here in St. Louis that stars, entertainers, politicians, leaders, John, they would literally divert their schedules just to come into St. Louis because they knew that to appear on Jack's show was going to uh, absolutely further their cause, whatever it may be. Well, he he did some just amazing interviews. We've got a little snippet of a couple of things that I think you, Ron, have put up on YouTube, and there's some great clips up there. This one is a, a part of an interview he did with Jesse White. You may not remember Jesse White, but you remember the Maytag repairman, and uh, let's hear a little bit of that. Are you going to yeah. have time to get over to one of the Tipton stores? It was, yeah. I, it was my understanding that they were all closed. No. After the factory recalled all those Maytag <laughs> washers and dryers, I understood the Tipton's people just closed up. Do you know what I did here? Speaking of recalling, I hear the Ford people have recalled all the 1974 and 5 Mercury's. Yeah. Because they found a trace of tuna in them. Which is, no, I'm only kidding, folks. 2,000 miles you came out here <laughs> to cripple me and ruin my reputation. You have a Ford sponsor? No. I love that. Not a, I did till a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was really something, so spontaneous uh, and delightful interviews. Uh, he was just something else. And, Ron, you are now in possession of just a huge volume of audio from Jack Carney. Tell that story of how that came about. Well, um, not long. L let me preface it by saying that one afternoon, John, uh, I was in the big studio over there on Memorial Drive during a commercial break. And Jack, who is usually very jocular and upbeat, looked over at me and with a very wistful expression on his face, he said, Gee, I wonder what would happen to all of the one-of-a-kind interviews that I've done over the years if anything happened to me. And I was really taken aback because I'd never really seen that side to Jack. But he was serious. He really was curious. And I just said, Jack, yeah, nothing's going to happen to you. And uh, just kind of mumbled my way out of it. And a few months later, John, Jack was gone. And cutting to the chase for you, um, his widow, Jody, donated a vast treasure trove of tapes and scrapbooks, memorabilia and scripts, pictures, everything to the public library. So finally, over the last few years, uh, we went through the hoops of fire. And uh, largely, thanks to Jack's son, John's intercession, we were able to get uh, control of all of that material. And I decided that uh, it's long overdue that the public have access to some of these wonderful, wonderful interviews and tapes and so on. So 
I started a Facebook page in Jack's honor. It's facebook.com slash Carney Greatness, and I guarantee you, whether you remember Jack or not, you're going to have a blast. He's got one-of-a-kind rare interviews with everyone from Ronald Reagan to Tommy Smothers, Jimmy Dean, Charles Osgood, Tony Marudi, Valley, I mean, on and Roy Rogers. I mean, it just goes on and on. And I want to make this gift in Jack's memory uh, available to everybody I assure you, even if you only spend a few minutes, you're going to find it a real treat. Facebook.com slash Carney Greatness. One of the things that Jack Carney was notable for, one of the many things, is the relationships that he had with very, very famous people. We're going to play a little cut right here from an interview that he did with Carol Channing, who was a huge star uh, at the time. This is Jack Carney interviewing Carol Channing. Funny thing is, the people that get nostalgic about the 20s and the turn of the century, have you noticed it, Jack? They, they, um, they, they're the, the young people that were never there. <laughs> Isn't that funny? No, you're right. And they cry over it and everything. Yeah, but they don't remember how dirty it was or the flies or whatever, I guess. <laughs> the, the what? The flies or whatever. The, 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 well, they say the turn of the century was wonderful, but there was 50 million tons of horse manure that had to be shoveled off the streets every day. I guess the people who long for the good old days don't remember that. Well, I certainly don't remember that. And, you know, I had forgotten, Ron, until you and I spoke the other day, because Jack's show was 9 to noon here on KMOX, that there was a time when Mr. Hyland put him into the afternoon as well. Well, uh, the afternoon drive at the time John was flagging, and uh, Mr. Hyland really didn't uh, know what other choices he could make, so he implored Jack. To work a split shift. Jack did nine to noon, then he came back four to six, and it was about at that time I was hired and thrown in, as I told you earlier, into the lion's den. But uh, I love Jack Carney. I've got to be very honest. I loved him. I think we had a wonderful synergy. As I said, when my dad passed away in 82, Jack stepped in, became my surrogate father until his death, and he was just a Wonderful, wonderful guy. There were many, many sides to him as well. Uh, Off the air, he was pretty much what you got on the air, but he was also a very private person, extremely well-read. I remember going into his home there on Lindell Boulevard at one point, seeing a huge library of books, and uh, and Jack said, yep, and I've read every one of them. And he, he did. He was a voracious reader, John. He, he loved, um, he soaked up every scintilla of knowledge and information in, in, in the world that he possibly could. And he had a zest for life. I don't know whether he may have had a premonition of his early passing, but he shared all of that with his listeners. He was a one of a kind and there will never be another. Well, amen to that. And, man, we could spend so much more time talking about what he did in the life of Miriam Blue and, and uh, how he developed these relationships with Bob Costas and young, handsome Gary Bender. and uh, Just a remarkable entertainer, a remarkable broadcaster, uh, Jack Carney. And we'll uh, visit you with, with you again down the road, Ron Barber. But thanks so much for your time this time. Oh. Until next time.
Thank you very much. Have a good day, gentlemen. And when we come back, Wither Kim Gardner. That's what we're going to talk about next on KMOX. Who's heading to NCAA tournament play for the first time ever? The Billikens women's team. Hear this historic game as they take on Tennessee Saturday. Pre-game coverage 1147, tip at noon. And you can hear it on KFDK 97.1 FM Talk. Happy St. Patrick's Day, with or without you by you too. Lots of people wanting to uh, go without uh, Kim Gardner. We're going to get into that in a minute, but I got to ask you. Yeah. Have you been paying attention to what's going on in France? A little bit, yeah. They're uh, rioting in the streets over there. So President Macron implemented a change in the law, raising the retirement age from 62 to 64. Uh, the French have taken to the streets. They're rioting and protesting to show their displeasure. Uh, it's it's out of control over well, there. Well, they're already only working four days a week, aren't they? And they take uh, two-hour lunches. In all seriousness, though, this is part of the discussion that's going to probably take place in the United States as to whether or not we're going to, uh, as we tackle uh, Social Security and entitlement programs and how we're going to pay for them, apart what here. happened? I, I don't know. It just went... Yeah, it's pissed off that it's, it's uh, going to lose its uh, Social Security as well. Yeah, but they're... Uh, you know, and this is an issue, obviously, 64. I mean, really? Uh, France. But uh, seriously, though, this is an issue that's going to be timely in the United States because the day of reckoning is coming with our Social Security system. In this country, they're just, we're living too long, for one thing, and uh, there's not enough revenue coming in to meet all those obligations, and at some point, you're going to have to reform that system, and whether you like it or not. I think you Republicans should keep talking about it, because that's uh, that's obviously, now, President Trump seems to have sided with a lot of the Democrats saying, absolutely yep. not going to touch it, right? which would be a populist position. Uh, but it's not necessarily in line with where the Republican, uh, traditional conservative Republicans want to go. Well, you know, you've got to have revenue. You've got to have the revenue to fund your obligations. And, but you people know, paid in this their entire I life. I understand that. And, but they're, now, what's sad about it is had we invested that money ourselves, or at least a portion of that money oh, ourselves, come on, John. we'd be so much further no, ahead now. You, you, when the stock market crashed both times, we'd have a bunch of people sitting out here homeless. Uh, you know, remember when you all wanted, oh, give us our Social Security, let us invest it ourselves. Look what we're having to do for the people that are investing themselves right now. The billionaires have already ruined it with these banks. Thank God they weren't in charge of our Social Security. See, I just, you know, I'm just not comfortable with the government having all my money. And because the government, the government can collapse just as easy as the bank can. The government, the economy of this country can collapse uh, just as easily as a bank can. And the debt that we're carrying in this country, I would rather have my own money. It is my money. I earned the money, and so, I'd like to so have a portion of my money. So after the 2008 collapse, when we saw the markets collapse, and so many people who were dependent on Social Security for their living mm -hmm. uh, to be able to survive, they would have been without. And then we as a society would have had to find some way to take care of grandma and grandpa. Are you just going to let them die in the streets? But if you were investing money over a 50-year span of working, uh, you're going to come out ahead on that so deal. So go ahead then, and invest your own money and do that. You can. But what I'm saying is the government taking it and doing what they do with it is, is less productive. And it's also less free. They don't invest. What the government does right. is it takes it is. in money to pay out now. Exactly. And what's wrong with that? I mean, I think what you all were trying to do was well, collapse Social Security, give us our own money. Yeah, sure. Maybe investors like you and I would have come out on top. Everybody would have come out But the vast majority, hardly, John, 
we've been through the, we're getting ready to maybe go through another crash here. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine if we had all our money tied up in this and people would have been saying, imagine your kids saying, oh, I heard there's this bank out in Silicon Valley that I can invest all my money in that's given us these great returns, and then it collapses, and then your kids have nothing. Yeah, but then if you if you were managing your money wisely, you wouldn't put all your money. But into that's the not bank. how it's gonna work, John. Let people be free, Michael. Let let people. You, be we free. are free. I'm so decisions. sick of hearing this freedom argument from you Republicans. You want to be all free until it comes. What books we're gonna read, or what happens in my sister's vagina? That's when you all want to <laughs> say, "Well, freedom stops." <laughs> Uh, no. I'm right about that. You're not right. About I am that. right about that. You're not that. right about that. You're, you're banning books. You're saying I'm there can't be drag shows. No, the Republican legislatures across this country are doing it. Is that freedom? And they're saying yes. They're That's saying not you freedom. Can't, the school can't take your kids to a drag show without a parental consent. Is what that, they're saying. Okay, so yeah, you're all excited about drag shows being banned, etc. Whatever. You people are obsessed with sex like anybody I've never seen before. You use all these words related to sex. You're wanting to keep people's own thought processes held down. What's free about that? Saying, no, these books can't be in schools. The government should not be taking your children to things. The government the shouldn't be telling you what to read. The, right. And what I'm, books I'm, could be in libraries and schools. There. I'm with you there. But I'm then, with you there. Then let me just tell you, you're at odds with most of your parties, that, including in this backward state that we live in. I understand. But I just don't trust government like you do. Mm-hmm. I, I think the government is... Let us have our own no, money. No, I, I actually, I don't trust Republicans. I don't trust Republicans who money. sit and tell me one thing about freedom and then want to go the other way. They want to have free and fair elections, unless it doesn't come out the right way, then we ought to have an insurrection and a riot, and we ought to try to overthrow the elections. Hey, Governor of Georgia, can you find me 12,000 more votes so I can win? What's free about that? That's not free. Exactly. Okay. But this is only coming from one side of our uh, culture these days, people wanting to exclude people from being able to have a broad thought process. No, uh, what you're having is a fight between socialism and markets. And I'm going to side with markets every time because markets right. work. And when, uh, when, and when grandma's ho- penniless and homeless time. because the billionaires screw up the banks again, you're going to say lettery cake. Buddy, we don't let people... The government. Oh, so the, you've got the approach of the banks. We can go out and be a fool, no. and then they'll come in and take no, care of we us. Have That's a what the safety ban- the, net in yeah. this country, and there right. should be a and safety net. And we have net. a safety net that pays for itself. So, so you so, and I pay into Social Security. Right. That money then gets paid out to the people who've been paying into Social Security their whole lives. Yes. And when you and I get there, your grandchild's going to be paying into Social Security that you and I can collect ours. Yes, but there will be fewer people paying into that system by the time we get there, and we're going to live long. Well, I won't. But we're, most of us are going to live longer, and and the, the system cannot work. The, people are under this false notion that they put money into the government and that there's some account sitting there right. with their money mm-hmm. in it that's, that's been That's not how it works. Of Nobody believes that. How, no, Nobody believes that. I bet you they do. No, I, 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 I assure you The same people do. who believe we ought to ban books believe that. Uh, no. But anybody with common sense or some form of a brain uh, feels different. There are millions of people that don't understand how the social sec- security system works and that it's... Money in, Here's, money out. Money in, money out. We're, we're going to disagree on this. When you get, well, we're going to have a presidential election about it too. Clearly, but you all keep pushing this thought process. I, so you're just going to you're going to just sit back and let it happen then? No, you don't, I'm going to say wanna... quit borrowing from the Social Security and let's make it work the way that it was supposed to. I paid in into it my entire life. I am expecting that check. Uh, and let me just tell you, I'll be riding in the streets if they don't give me my check. 
And by the way, if if say we were to have invested this money, I have no doubt that you and I probably could have come out with more money than we could get from Social Security. Everybody could. But I would say the vast majority of people who get up in the morning, John, and work two uh, two jobs, who don't have time to sit in front of a computer and see what CNBC or Fox News. Uh, business is telling them what to do are going to be able to invest that money. No, they're going to make short-sighted decisions based on information that's coming, and then when the system collapses, they're going to be out there homeless and penniless, and you're saying, well, let them eat cake, or your latest argument is, is no, we'll come in, we'll fix it, we don't let anybody starve. So you have the same approach to these big banks. Why can't, why can't you give people a choice? Uh, you know, I would have loved to have the option to take my Social Security. I would love to have por- the option to read what book I want to read in a school. That's, yeah, has nothing no, to you're do talking with, about freedom, John. You bring it up. No, Social it is. Security. You, you want to talk about freedom, but you want freedom in certain areas, but freedom for me, not for you in certain areas. I want freedom for all. And I, what I'm saying is, if, look, if you don't trust yourself and you want to have the government take your Social Security and do what it, and, and fine. But an individual ought to be, because it's our money. It's our money. It, it's not the government's money. It's our money. And the government's taking it from us and promising us that when we retire, it's going to be there. It is going to be there. Well, I hope it you're right. It is going to be there. I hope you're right. It's probably be there for, for us, but at some point it's not going to be there unless we reform the system. That's the only point I'm making here. He is John Hancock. I'm Michael Kelly. When we come back, we'll spend a little bit of time on Kim Gardner. <laughs> We'll also talk about these persnickety subscription services that are out there. You're paying for them. You're not getting the service anymore. After this on KMOX. All the news and all that matters to you. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Thank you for indulging me with you two today, brother. Oh yeah, happy to do it. Could there be a better, a better uh, band to be playing? Period. Even on a day other than St. Patrick's Day. Well, they're a, they're a very very good band. I would. They're not my favorite, but uh, they're, I, I enjoy them very much. So I think Bono is uh, one of the great Ameri- great humans on the planet, and uh, he, one of the few people who's used their celebrity for as currency. Uh, you know, and he worked very closely with President Bush. Uh, the yep. second one to uh, deal with the debt in Africa. Uh, and it's always been a proactive group. you got to admire people who use their celebrity for good rather than just trying to sell you something. No, I agree. He's a good guy. So uh, Kim Gardner is, uh, finds herself in the midst of this pro-Warento uh, coming to us from the Attorney General of the state of Missouri. Did you see that the law- the judges have all lawyered up? Yeah, they've hired their former colleague, Booker T. Shaw. He was a judge uh, in the circuit there. He's now at, uh, I think it's Thompson Coburn. Uh, he's going to represent those judges. And most of them, are, if not all of them, are going to end up getting deposed, I would think, um, over their interactions with Gardner and her office. And, you know, this is a process that's going to take some time. I, I, folks are expecting it to, you know, happen quickly. I don't think that's going to be the case here. And Gardner has hired, well, she's got a volunteer counselor from Harvard mm-hmm. um, that's going to represent her. Uh, that's going to drag things out as well. And meanwhile, the dysfunction of that office continues and continues. And uh, we're less safe as a result of it. And it's just all very sad and unfortunate. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And the fact that now we're going to have judges being deposed. And this, what, what she is putting us through makes no sense to me. She's been called on by so many people across the state, the region, uh, saying that she needs to go. She ran on this platform that she wanted to bring 
social justice and and uh, reform our justice system. And in fact, John Hancock, the facts prove that people are sitting in jail longer waiting for their trials to happen. Many of them aren't even getting an opportunity because her people aren't showing up. So the very rhetoric that got her elected is the very reason she's being toppled. Yeah, and and look, they, they don't have a full staff, not e- and not even close to it. They're at a half staff over there. And, you know, it's the whole situation is farcical, but there's real life consequences to having a prosecutor that's just not capable of getting the job done. And I'm sorry for her, but she really, for the good of this community, ought to, ought to go, but she's not. Well, she's it's not, not about anywhere. the community. It's about Kim Gardner. Right. She's trying to make it anything other than about herself. She wants to make this about race. She wants to make it about gender. She wants to make it about inequality. Um, all very good topics that need to be discussed and that there is some real injustice that's happening as a result of that. But that's not what we're discussing when it comes to whether or not she's producing in her job. Yeah, and and look, just look at St. Louis County. You've got a prosecutor in Wesley Bell there who has a lot of the same political agenda that Kim Gardner has, but uh, he's prosecuting bad people. He's putting bad people in prison. Uh, his his office is functioning well. They're showing up to court when they're supposed to be there. They're communicating with victims in St. Louis County. Wesley Bell's doing those things that any prosecutor ought to do, and he's doing them. Uh, so it's not the agenda of Kim Gardner that's the problem. I disagree with her agenda, but whatever. She's not doing the job, and when you're not doing the job, you ought not have the job, and that's what the Attorney General of Missouri has said, Andrew Bailey, uh, and well, he's going to pursue this. I think he ultimately wins here, but it's going to be some a time. year. And, yeah. uh, you know, one of the other things that the state is trying to pass through Jefferson City is a recall measure that would allow uh, voters to reconsider whether or not they would like Kim Gardner to stay in office. I have to tell you, John, if turnout looked like it was just a week ago when we had a primary here in the city of St. Louis, I think Kim Gardner is going to get reelected. So many people are vi- voting yeah. upon an idea and not on outcomes. And I'm all for a lot of this progressive agenda. I want to see a lot of rights be wronged. But at the end of the day, you can't fix a system if you don't know how to run it. You just can't sit on the outside, protest and complain, and not have a plan on how you're going to fix things. I continue to remember watching the riot that took place in front of the former mayor's house where members of the president of the board of aldermen, Megan Green was present. Talking about Lida Krusen. Lida Krusen, where they were protesting for the rights of a criminal who they, many of these progressives thought was being unjustly served. And now no protests for this young girl who lost her legs. Nope. No protests for these people who for against these murderers who are being let out, literally let off yeah. the hook because the prosecutor has failed. And that's where I'm going to go again to say that this is all about an idea, and it would be important for people to stand up on principle for a change. I agree, uh, but we'll see and keep an eye on it. It's going to play out here, and uh, nobody will do a better job of keeping you informed on this than the voice of St. Louis right here. I've got a problem. What is your problem? Well, well, oh, never mind. What is this problem? <laughs> so you get I, somehow you sign up for all this crap. And you get on, I've got a subscription to a national newspaper. Okay. All right. I knew you were in New York Times. Uh, no, no, oh, not boy. New York Times. Okay. And and it's expensive. And I'm looking at my credit card bill. And I, man. I never read that. Uh, $29 <laughs> a month for this thing. Uh-huh. And I don't read it that often. Right. So the other night I thought, you know what? Why am I doing this? Exactly. So I'm going to get on the uh, online here and I'm uh-huh. going to cancel this subscription. Uh-oh. 
You can't do it. I you mean, don't know your password. No, I had. I got the password. I got uh-huh. my. I had my account pulled up. Yeah, there it was, and it's got subscribe, re- register. It, every, there's no button to unsubscribe. Go away. Yeah. yeah no, so, and I'm clicking on every option here. Your account, it says. And I click on my account there, and I'm hunting around. You cannot cancel it. I wonder. So then they. So then uh-huh. you're reading in the smi- fine small print there, and it says call one eight hundred so and so and so and so to talk about your account. I said okay. So I call the one eight. Well, you didn't I call during. Calling. You didn't call during normal business hours. Uh-huh. Well, I'm busy during normal business hours. Right. I'd like you're to cancel this money. thing on the online uh, deal. And there's got to be. There's got. There's got to be a law. So we may have an idea for the credit card companies. Yes. What if we went to Merit MasterCard? You know, they're all trying to market to us, right? Yeah, to right. Get, but get their credit card. What if we're going to make simple for you? You call the credit card company and just tell them, I'm no longer I'm paying done. for XYZ paper. Yes. And then when they don't get the money, guess what? They ain't going to be sending you. Your login's going to be turned off. Yeah. That would be a good idea. Well, yeah, but I don't think the credit card companies will do that for you, will Because like, they want the money continuing to churn through the system. Right. They get 3% or whatever. They yeah, get but they're the- telling you, you know, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to send you on vacation if you use my credit card. I got an idea, Mr. Credit Card Guy. Help me cancel my subscription to this newspaper I don't want to read. And I think we got a couple of... Uh, you know, I think Georgian's got a Lulu account and uh, who, whatever it's called. Hulu. Yeah, and I've got one. And uh, you know, we had we had two Amazon accounts at one time. Ooh, that's it, not good. It was dumb. I mean, yeah. you know, it just it, then. But getting out of now, I will say, getting rid of my Amazon account was fairly easy. Really? But this newspaper. They know you'll deal, come back. This newspaper deal. Yeah. Oh man, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Now, what in our local paper? Right? You're still reading our local paper, aren't well, you? Well, I uh, uh, I had. Given up on it. Had you? Yeah, I had. But I just resubscribed to that the other day because I'm a sucker. I mean, there's one born every minute. So they're going to they're gonna start dropping that paper on my front lawn again. No, uh, I'm with you. I have a subscription service. Uh, it's not Hulu. It's the other one um, uh, that I'm trying to cancel. Yeah. And I don't know how to cancel it. But I see the charge every month on my credit card. It's, it's aggravating. And I've got to go in there and cancel it. But I, I all these subscription services, I, I really ought to cancel them all. Yeah. And then only resubscribe when I actually want to watch something. Yes. Because, well, you know, I've got the Netflix. I got HBO. Yeah. I got Disney. I got wow. ESPN Plus. I wow. got all this stuff. Right. Exactly. I don't watch any of them. Yeah. That's until good. I want to watch them. And then they're automatically there. I would almost like to cancel them all. Call hmm. my credit card company up, Mr. Credit Card Guy, cancel them all. Don't want you anymore. Yeah, and I'll resubscribe when I'm ready to do it. Well, there you have it. Well, we can Michael save Kelly. ourselves a lot of money. Charlie Brennan is going to be in How for Chris cool Ranji that? today. That'll be kind of nice, and we're going to stick around for the next hour with Charlie and Amy Mark Scores. And we want to thank you for hanging out with us this hour and a half this morning. We're always delighted to spend this time with you each and every Friday here. He's Michael Kelly and John Hancock, James O'Sullivan, working the board splendidly. We'll see you around the corner next week right here on X.